welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's go! Woo-hoo-hoo! Wednesday Night Live with your favorite honchos. October 20th, 2021. Episode 43 coming at you, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert from the great state of New York. And everybody, please say hello to your favorite honcho and mine. From the great state of Maryland, Mr. Robert Cuny. How are you, sir? Greetings and salutations, Mr. Cuthbert, and to all of the ships at sea, and welcome to another exciting Wednesday night program with your sports honchos. And that's all I got. Good night, everybody. That's all you need. That's it. It's all you need, man. That's all I got. All you need is love. I got nothing else. Buddy, that new Peter Jackson Beatles movie coming out looks... I saw the preview. I'm, I'm fully erect. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> well, since since I nixed a story that we're not going to do, we'll do it for a later show. I had to but somehow... you have a problem. You can't avoid everything. I'm talking about my emotions. I'm emotionally erect. parts. What is the Spiritually deal? erect. It's the Beatles, for God's sake. You know, way cool. It looks way cool, Paul. It, uh, you know, it looks amazing, Paul. It looks nope. great. No, you got to go right nope. below the belt I every want, stinking time. I want everyone to know exactly how impacted I am. How deeply personal this project is for me, even though I had nothing to yeah. do with making it. I want to turn everybody off that listens to this show. Sure. I think Cooney on at least in the sports honchos, but every week he's talking about man pots. And weren't we at one time shills for a company that wanted your man parts to look as glorious as possible? It's all synergy, baby. All right. It's all synergy. And I believe that people would be sadly disappointed if there was no mention of body parts south of the equator. I think, you know, I think you're underestimating people's obsession with the penile arts. Oh, man. Please just stop. I've had enough, man. Hey, speaking of dicks. um, Oh! Isn't it, isn't it, uh, since it's episode 43, we are in in honor of number 43. It's our Richard Petty episode. As we attempt... Well, I haven't told Paul this, but I think every week as we get as we rocket towards 100, episode 100, God help us all. You know, if we're still here for episode 100, each numbered episode should be signified, should be stamped, if you will, with the name of an athlete who best represents that number. Now, you could debate for some of them. Like if we if we had done this for number 9, the debates would have been endless. Which hockey player do you choose just from the, from that sport alone? Adam Graves. Nine. Adam Graves, New York Ranger, former New York Ranger. There you go. Just saying. Number nine is a pretty sacrosanct number in hockey. 
you know, 32 in football. Is it Franco? Is it OJ? God help us. Okay. Who knows? But we're at 43. And who were, unless you're a big Cleveland Cavalier Brad Doherty fan and love the number, love, you know, Brad Doherty who wore number 43, I think we can. That's a we reach. can all agree. That's what I'm saying. I think we can all agree. It's Richard Petty, the king. Yes. Inducted to the motor race, the motor racing NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2010. And what took him so long, you might be asking? Because they didn't have a Hall of Fame until 2010. He was part of the inaugural class. So. I think we got a clip of that right now, right here. Let's Outstanding. I'd like to bring my father, Richard Petty, up to be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Come on, Rob Clark. We do NASCAR here. We represent. This is his son bringing him up. Right. Kyle Penny. Yes. That's true. KP, they used to call him Kyle Penny. Well, listen to a few words here. Bring it, up. Bring it back. No, I'm not reading that. Sure. Yeah, I have to read that part of it. Just so y'all know, the... He, I, you won Daytona in what, 71? Yeah. Yeah. I stole that Rolex from him, so I'm wearing the 1971 Daytona 500 Rolex. <laughs> and this may be on my finger before too much longer. <laughs> um, okay, so I gotta read this, wait a minute. On this day, the 23rd of May, 2010, it's my honor to induct my father, Mr. The King Richard Petty, into the NASCAR Hall of Fame and present you uh, with this Hall of Fame, fame ring. That was good. Thank you. Here we go, baby. Good times. You know, um, yes, sir. As far as NASCAR is concerned, I'm a distant fan. I mean, you know, it's 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 part of the American fabric, along with the other top four sports. You might say, you know, mm-hmm. NBA, basketball, football, hockey, uh, curling, um. That's and, fine, and but okay. Have, I mean, as far as, no, but as far as, like, you know, we talk, we always talk about, you know, TV ratings here in sports and, um, you know, how how big of an impact it is, how much of a big deal it is as far as the numbers, the contracts and everything else. You know, NASCAR, I mean, every, and now with the, the you know, the, the way they've changed the, the, the NASCAR series and championships and all that other stuff. I mean, you can, there's a few races a week, uh, you know, as far as I know, and, um, but NASCAR and moving huge, moving man. away from cigarettes as their chief sponsor was a big That's deal. A, unfortunately, man, yeah. keep smoking, folks. Um, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Um, but you, it's huge. You know, every Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, they usually have a Saturday night uh, night racing series on Saturday. Um, you know, Sundays it's huge. Fox still has it, I believe. Now NBC had it for a long time. There, it's a phenomenal production. And I recently actually checked that out a couple weeks ago with the app. And then checking it out as far as uh, where they've come in terms of watching the races on TV, they bring you audio from the guys in the in the cars. It's it's pretty awesome. I mean, look, who doesn't love hot rods and fast cars and all that other stuff? And yeah, you joke around, it goes around in a circle, yeah, 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 blah blah blah. But it's 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 huge business. It's got a huge fan base, obviously, not only down south and and the racetracks, some of the most storied ones, Poconos, Daytona. Um, I, I vacation down in Delaware. I always drive down by the um, the Delaware track down there, too, which is huge. So, I mean, I think we have to, you know, give full props to the NASCAR 
monster that it is here in the United States of A. And don't forget about the truck series, also part of the NASCAR family. Well, they got all kinds. You, you yeah. break it down. They got trucks and I mean, they're just saying it's it's a lot more. That was a premature bell. It's a lot more prevalent than you know it used to be. And for those that joke about, you know, it's just making left-hand turns going around in a circle. Um, I would urge all of you to watch the movie Ford versus Ferrari when the Matt Damon character takes, um, I guess it was Shelby Ford. Um, I forgot the actor who plays him. But anyway, takes him out in the new car that he's designed at, you know, 100 plus miles an hour. And, you know, Shelby Ford, not a driver, not a race car driver, but he wants to try it out. And just the look on his face when they're done a couple laps at 100 plus miles an hour, like his whole world is about to come to an end. You know, don't tell me it doesn't take endurance and strength and athleticism to sit in a car going 200 miles an hour around and around in a circle, not to mention, you know, the extreme temperatures and just the pressure of a, the slightest little slip up, the slightest little mechanical glitch. And you're, you know, going over the wall, uh, you know, wheels over roof. Now, I'm not a fan of the sport, I, but I do acknowledge um, the skill that it takes. And I do acknowledge that it's, you know, for some people, it's great entertainment. I'm just I just never got into it. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I watch it all the time. I'm not a fan. It doesn't mean I don't like it or don't appreciate it. I just, I've never given much thought to sitting and watching it. Well, you're usually watching football all day on Sunday. So, well, it, not, when there's, not when there's time. no football on. Yeah, like, you from February no, you're on, watching highlights of football. Sure. It, from February to August, I'm holding candlelight see, now, vigils. I, I'm surprised that you went to Ford versus Ferrari. See, my go to NASCAR movie is The Ballad of Rookie Bobby, obviously. Well, and, it's and, not a NAS. It's not a NAS. And movie. the greatest, and the greatest of all time, right? Las Vegas victory lane for Fox Television. Ricky Bobby, today's big winner. A heck of a win for you today, but it seems as if you either win or crash the car trying to win. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a big hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademark, not to use the tradition of Ricky Bobby. See? I believe that was the original name of the sports honchos, Big Hairy American Winning Machine. But yes. it was it's, it is trademarked, yeah, we and we didn't have the rights, the permission to use it. Anyway, I, I that's a great movie. I just went to Ford versus Ferrari because there's a scene with a civilian who doesn't race in a car that's supposed to be, you know, road tested and ready for 100 plus miles an hour, and what it looks like when one of us mere mortals, regular drivers get behind the wheel of a machine that goes that fast around and around in a circle. So don't tell me it doesn't take a certain amount of strength, endurance, athletic ability, etc. But for pure NASCAR excitement, it's almost like a documentary, The Talladega Nights. That's good stuff, man. And you get into uh, F1 racing, the formula cars? Yeah. I mean, they've got an incredibly, and it's weird, it's like, you know, NASCAR is this – look, there's there's millions and millions and billions of dollars in NASCAR, all the advertising and everything else. And you, you there's no doubt it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know the, the heartland of America is NASCAR and all that other stuff. And, and, and the, you know, Talladega Nights is a great, funny parody of it in, in, a, in a fun way and as far as the lifestyle and everything else. But, man, the, and then the, what's the Sacha Cohen's character, the F1 driver in there, no. right? Because now, because the F one series, right? It's almost like you know they race in Monaco, and it's like it's like they're the elite, 
you know, these supercars. Right. They're like spaceships and everything. And then they're always racing in these exotic lands like Dubai and all that stuff. And it's a totally different game. But they have incredibly diehard fans too, man. It's it's huge. It's huge business, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, Fox has, you know, the F1 formula races and they're all on all the networks. NASCAR's too. So it's huge TV. The, F, uh, yeah. the formula cars is obviously more international. But those guys too, man. Whew. A good uh, Formula One movie, not quite as funny as Talladega Nights, was the Ron Howard movie Rush, which gave you a good look yet. at not only the racing, but the effects of what happens when there's a crash on the Formula One circuit, especially when you know you have those endurance races of several hours of just driving around like the 24 hours of Le Mans and so on. So, hey, we could do a whole podcast on sports movies. I guess we'll save that for... Uh, I mean, the summertime, the dog days you. of summer. We we all know who the, the, like that one famous name, Mario Andretti. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and J- don't forget Jackie Stewart. And you remember the remember when uh, I can't remember his name, Jim something. Remember Wild World of the Sports? Jim remember McKay. The, yeah, Jim. You remember the intro? And that the agony of, crash? of the the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Yeah, and there yeah. was that famous Formula One crash in the in the video yep. clip. Look that up, folks. Bring it up on the YouTube. Yes. Old guys Please, like me right and Rob were, you know, watching four channels on a Sunday. <laughs> four? You must have been from the rich side of the neighborhood. I, we only had three. Uh, if I wanted a fourth channel, I had to, you know, go to the bus station and put a quarter in the TVs on a stick there. <laughs> yes, that's right. Those actually existed, friends. Oh TVs my. on a stick at a bus station for a few shekels while you're waiting for the bus, now which is go- something... Something I want to put gas and, and get caught up on all the sports highlights. <laughs> That's something I want to put in my bathroom. As I've said many times, TV on a stick with a bag of quarters for people for my guests and a TV guide on a chain so they can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream. The visions. The visions. One day. Cuny, right? Watch us. All right, pal. One let's get this show day. on the road. And as always, we will start with headlines that make you do lines. And Rob. I got some brand new music for this segment. It's funky. Let's go. I'm I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst music ever. Welcome. I feel like I should be juggling something. I should be riding a unicycle. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> All right, well, I, I really, I, nothing I can do to follow up with that. No, no, so put I'll your just, hand up to your mouth and make the trumpet. <laughs> I'm doing that with my tuchus. This is great. That's oh, amazing. All right, well, I have no news stories this week. Instead, oh. I have just some human interest stuff. That's it. With that music especially playing. Uh, so, again, let me ask you, because you would think that I would intimately know my podcast spouse here. The the lovely, and I'm sure put upon, uh, Mrs. Cuthbert. Guidance counselor, right? Yes, sir. High school? Yes, sir. So, is she familiar with this? That's, enough, that's enough. You get no more information. Okay, well, okay. one more. One more question, counselor. Uh, is on, she familiar? Hold on.
Guinness making trumpet solo ever. <laughs> oh, we got to get this show on video, folks, because Mr. Cuny's facial expressions right now are priceless. I apologize. Go ahead. Back to you. That's the, uh, by the way, that is the, that was recorded by the, <laughs> the honchos, hammer, stang, I, I, jambalaya, I left, I, I left the room. 12 string, slam, slamma jamma bing bang, big bang. Let, let, let me know when you're finished with the, your tribute to carnivals and circuses, and I'll, I'll go out for a smoke. Don't and, make you know, me play it again, because I like that tune, buddy. Go ahead. I know you do. What are you, you sure? What were you asking me? Does it matter anymore? <laughs> I'll let you finish your mug of remorse. Um, is she familiar with the newest TikTok sensation, Devious Licks? And has nothing to do with anything me- at all suggestive? No? Well, let's put it this way. I, I wouldn't know because I haven't had, I haven't sat across the table from the old, you know. Careful. <laughs> Gonna call her the ball and chain, are you? No, I was, uh, oh, okay. you know, the wife of mine. I haven't sat across the table uh, and said, "Hey, honey, what's the latest TikTok craze for the kids?" So, and I asked because it's it's specific for schools. Apparently, uh, and since I meant schools... to say the old table, the old table. Oh, there you go. Since the old table. Yeah, since school started last month, apparently uh, teenagers on TikTok using the hashtag Devious Licks have decided that. Borderline criminal behavior, in some cases, is the way to go. And so you post a video of yourself doing one of the things I'm going to mention with the hashtag Devious Licks and, you know, be part of the viral TikTok sensation, the latest viral TikTok sensation. I thought Devious Licks was a a famous uh, hard rock 80s metal hairband. It would be a good name for it. Or one of those MTV shows, you know, that they used to have back in the 120 Minutes Headbangers ball days. Anyway, September was vandalized school bathrooms. And as a high school teacher, I can tell you that in a school of over 2,000 kids, when this first hit and people were tearing soap dispensers off the wall and stealing all of the paper towels and clogging toilets and doing all sorts of mayhem and carnage, that the school closed all but one bathroom on every floor for, again, 2,000-plus students. Um, October... Thankfully, September is over. We can use bathrooms again. October, smack a staff member. To which I say, I've been teaching for almost 20 years, building up and waiting for a time when I can strike back in self-defense. So please, please, bring it on. Go ahead and smack the bald man. I'm begging you. Now, But get ready. Get ready for me to strike back and then run as fast as I can away because they're younger and stronger. November, kiss your girlfriend's Kiss your friend's girlfriend at school. My favorite, of course, is December. Deck the halls and show your balls. There you go. January, jab abreast. February, mess up school signs. March, make a mess in the courtyard or cafeteria. April, grab some eggs with a Z. May, ditch day. June, flip off in the front office. I'm assuming that's flip off the front office, not flip off in the front office. And July, when I guess many of these kids will be in summer school from all the work they did during the year, spray a neighbor's fence. So a lot of people have complained about how bad this is. It's terrible for kids, wrong message, and kids shouldn't be engaged in this kind of behavior. And I say no, just the opposite. I say kids of all ages, keep doing this, because this, Mr. Cuthbert, this 
is Darwin in action. If you want to be dumb enough to go up to a, a, a staff member and smack him or vandalize your school and get caught and bad things are going to happen to you, I say, good. Let's thin the herd of the stupid. So go ahead, teenagers. Engage in devious licks, and we'll see you later. We'll get rid of all the dumb ones. Keep going. It should be hashtag Darwin's devious licks and, and not have just devious licks. punishment in your school, like if, if – you know, as far as like, you know, because a lot of this stuff happens at the end of the year before graduation. They do some kind of right. prank or something. Senior prank is fine. It's a well-worn tradition. Yeah, but unfortunately, they've gotten a little worse. And then what happens is, is that a certain amount of the kids, they, they can't graduate. They, they're not allowed. Right. So, but do you, do you guys, are you aware of, um, do you have a lot of chaos at your school? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, we, as I said, we did in September over the bathrooms. I mean, you've been doing so, this for a hundred years. Have you seen yeah. this spike in, no. since, since social media the last few years or? No, just just this year, and 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 not only not only are they punishing themselves because the kids' bathrooms are the ones that are closed, and it's like maybe one or two people apparently, at least at our school, doing all of this. But they're so dumb that they commit these acts of violence, of violence, of vandalism, and then they film themselves doing it. So hey, slap a a staff member sounds like violence to me. Who's the dumbest person in the world? The person that commits a crime and says, why don't I get away with it when they post themselves vandalizing a bathroom or, you know, smacking a staff member or decking the halls by showing their balls? Please, let's hope that one doesn't actually get off the ground, uh, especially if they're filming themselves. So, you know, uh, it's it's that's why I say it's Darwin in action. You're dumb. You're filming yourself. You want to get caught, and you will, and there'll be a punishment. And if it means you don't walk at graduation... Shrug emoji. You'll still graduate. You just won't be able to celebrate with your pals. So, you know, and that's again, the greatest thing about graduation, right, is the celebrations. Yeah, Not it's the, the walking across diploma, the stage. The diploma and the opportunity to make a decision to move forward with your education in right. college or to go work at McDonald's. Not that there's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. The fast food industry. I don't know what I would do. Without the people who work in the fast food industry, think of that. Think of how how spoiled we are. The fact that if you're hungry and you're in your car in America, you don't have to get out of your car, and you can pretty much have a hot meal with a drink and sides handed you by the time you order it. To at least maybe four minutes later, they hand deliver it to you into your car window. And you drive away, or like and I it, did, or like I did at Taco Bell the other day, drive oh straight boy. into a parking spot and eat it right there. Why didn't you just go into the restaurant? I didn't want to. Oh, okay. I well, had places to go. All so that is. I, so hold on, let me finish my okay. story. All I right. parked in a spot which was facing a U.S. postal worker's truck in front of me. <laughs> he was eating his Taco Bell in the truck, mm-hmm. I was eating my Taco Bell in the truck. And then there was a person to the right of me who was parked, and they were also eating their Taco Bell in their and vehicle. What were you enjoying from Taco Bell? Not a sponsor of this high quality program. Well, I, funny you should bring that up because this is <laughs> actually a pretty funny story, and maybe I'll tweet it out later. Okay? okay, can't wait. I haven't been to Taco Bell since pre-COVID. So wow, and maybe before that, maybe two or three years, to the point when I pulled through that window. 
I didn't know what to, like what to work. See, years ago it was easy. Five Mexi melts, two beef burritos, couple of soft crunch tacos, whatever. Dr Pepper. And I'm on my way. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say five Mexi melts, oh, yeah, two burritos, and a oh, couple yeah. crunch tacos? And if wow. I was really hungry, throw in the Mexican pizza. Awesome. Which they don't have, which they don't have anymore. Sad and face. they don't have the Mexi melts either. Yeah. Sad face. So I went in through uh, Taco Bell, and I, I was like, you know, looking left, right, up, down, you know, and then you feel the pressure because there's people behind you. And I'm right. actually the guy. It's like, you know, I haven't been here a while. I don't know what to order. And you can just imagine the people behind me going, and person at the you know the driving window just going, come on They're man, like, make your order. It's tacos. Come on, it's fucking tacos. What there are you are doing? So, <laughs> there are so many incredibly delicious items, right? So I order my stuff, and then I look down and I saw this bar that announced these like hot, some some other just spectacular thing with lobster cheese and all that stuff. Right. So you know what I did after I made my order? God, I took my us. phone out, yeah, and I took a picture of the drive-through window the the menu i should say right so now now you can study it <laughs> i am ready oh, to return to taco bell like a pro baby you're you're no longer welcome at taco bell no <laughs> man i am coming it was delicious man man so what what did you get then when you were there i got too much i can't remember the names i mean no. i bring up the menu here i have it in my phone here. i mean the problem with taco bell i love taco bell but as there a, were a couple of beef burritos in there there was uh right. two uh two soft tacos and no. then there was a combo thing with a some new creation they had that came with a, a hard no. shell taco the, the the problem with taco bell in the car and as a drive through experience is it's a smidge on the messy side to eat and drive now in the parking lot sure it's like being at a table but you can't unlike a burger but you can eat with one hand and drive with the other. As no one can see me making hand motions, it's hard to eat your Taco Bell food in the you car while you're in motion. Properly. You have to prepare properly. You have to extra at Taco Bell. You extra ask for extra napkins, and then you're near your right knee or your right thigh. You lay out the at least three or four, okay, right. napkins over your right thigh there, and then you open up say the taco and whatever. You put your left hand on the wheel and you hold that taco over that thigh. So in case any sauce, cheese, lettuce, and you, because you know when it drops down, you, you're finishing whatever you eat, and you right. know you're going to take your fingers and you're going to pick up whatever's left, the little me- beef, little cheese, the, the gribblies, as I like yes. to call them. <laughs> that is how you professionally eat Taco Bell, baby. All right, well, good to know. It's fantastic. What were we talking about? I have no idea. What, what were we talking about? How did we get on? Oh, we were talking about McDonald's, and it's okay to go on to McDonald's after you graduate, and how spoiled we are. Oh, what do yeah, we do without right. fast okay. food? Excellent. Isn't right, that great? So don't, so don't do uh, Dirty Licks. Get Devious. your new album, download them, and stream them on right. iTunes. Right. But. Devious Licks. And speaking of things that make us happy, like Taco Bell, that was a professional radio segue, kids. Mr. Cuthbert, or should I say Professor Cuthbert, as we mm. continue to mine for equal time below the equator, have you heard of the corgasm? Not in name. I mean. But you've heard of the sensation, the experience, the phenomenon of the, of the corgasm? Orgasm? Of the what? It's, it's, a, it's of the human orgasm. Yeah, well, yes. So we're not talking it's, about it's your... A, I tell what? you, the most professional way we can say this, it's a wonderful experience. 
Yes, it's but we're not talking about your regular old run of the mill standard issue government graded orgasm. No, no, no. No. Well, we are talking I wouldn't about bring the government involved because the government's trying to stop that in certain states. Anyway, yeah. We are talking about an orgasm triggered by something we may or may not know anything about, or at least we may not be doing enough. A corgasm is an orgasm triggered by intense abdominal work. And I don't mean the kind of abdominal work of eating, you know, five, what was it you said? Uh, five Mexi-Melts, <laughs> two burritos, a couple tacos. Oh, that is a corgasm, baby. A giant. Oh, I mean, yes, yes, it is. That can cause another kind of orgasm. But the corgasm, probably not. Exercises like leg raises and crunches often lead to them. And this is in men and in women. So see, it's equal time, baby. People have also experienced them through housework and lifting luggage. That would have to be some pretty heavy luggage if you're lifting up uh, luggage enough to give you a corgasm. Uh, a corgasm is an orgasm triggered by exercise, usually ab workouts, technically called an exercise-induced orgasm, or EIO. Isn't that how old McDonald went? E-I-E-I-O. I don't think they were talking about animals having orgasms. But maybe they and were. We're ruining old nursery rhymes now, too. Sorry, kids. No more old McDonald. We're going to take that away from you because it's about animals having corgasms. Uh, it's very real and can feel pleasurable, if not sexual, friends. Uh, Debbie Herbenick, Ph.D. professor at the Indiana University School of Public Health and author of Wait For It. I'm going to wait till Paul finishes drinking his delightful beverage. Called the Corgasm Workout. Now, that's a great title right there. Uh, revealed the exercises that are most likely to trigger a corgasm. So everybody get out your pens and paper. Those of you looking for a new exercise routine. Uh, lying leg raises. Uh, hanging leg raises using a captain's or a Roman's chair, whatever that is. Pull-ups and, of course, crunches. For exercises like crunches, she says, the key is engagement and seemingly to exhaust the core, which is likely why we don't tend to hear about EIOs happening from just 10 crunches, because that doesn't exhaust the core for most people. For me, it's about one and a half before my core is exhausted. But more often, I add that parenthetically, but more often in the 50 to 200 range for crunches. With a more demanding exercise like pull-ups, however, some people have had corgasms from as few as five reps. Now, one myth for you. While some people presume that corgasms are caused by external factors such as tight gym clothes or friction on the genital area, example, uh, for example, from a bicycle seat, uh, Herbenick said her research suggests they are triggered internally from within, I, as opposed to externally from within. I don't know. Well, internally that would be a lot of fun body, if you think about it. Involving the Why core not have and, your, your training partner give you the corgasm? Well, then it would, again, we're back to the orgasms of which we do not speak. Uh, involving the core and pelvic floor muscles. And, of course, the stronger your core, the more likely you are to achieve a corgasm. Hey, if you want a corgasm, work on strengthening your core. It's not going to happen if you don't work out, Herbenick said. Her research suggests that as people strengthen their core abdominal muscles, they find it easier to experience exercise orgasms. This might be because people have the capacity to perform more challenging exercises like hanging leg raises and pull-ups. And, of course... To finish out this fabulous article, she says, exercise can, exercise can look like a lot of things. Some people experience EIOs from housework. She says, sweeping demands core engagement. That's I, a, 
That's some aggressive sweeping. If you're sweeping out the porch or the garage and all of a sudden, <laughs> and you have an orgasm. Where did where you get this article from? Where is it from? It's from our, my former employer, Yahoo, Yahoo News. So, the, you know, me, you know, just this is all you got to do. You got to make up some shit and you got a freaking column. In a publication. This is, this is, this is Debbie Herbenek, a, a doctor. Heaping pile of shit. She's <laughs> a big 10 doctor. doctor. my ass. Give me a break. This no, no, that's a different, bullshit. That's a different kind of doctor. He's making shit up. All right, well, listen, if you see Paul, those of you who live in the Long Check Island area. Check out my area, column in Yahoo next week while I speak about rogasms, where you listen, can go li- canoeing, and if you row a certain way, you can get listen, a rogasm. Don't, don't, don't listen to what Paul is saying. If you live in the greater Long Island area... And you happen to see Mr. Cuthbert on his back porch manically sweeping the leaves off like for hours on end until his wife and kids are calling him, Paulie, it's time oh, for dinner. Man. Uh, you'll know what he's doing. Man, also, again, I appreciate um, you bringing my family into this, uh, you know, this discussion here. Just saying they're going to be worried about you on the porch doing a lot of sweeping. Or if you decide to get a second job as a luggage or baggage carrier at the local airport, which, according to Herbenek, can also cause Great the dread. Oh, here orgasm. from Robert Cooney, uh, who likes to drink his wine quite often on the weekend. It gives him a wine gasm. He'll be here next week to talk about all the different positions that you can drink your wine in. Certain weight classes of glasses, certain flavors from certain countries can give you different kinds wine. of wine gasm. You see where I'm going here? It's bullshit. All right, just Robert Cooney will be here next week as he talks about having. Cargasms driving around town. Let's see how many words that Paul can put in front of the word, the suffix we gasm. We don't have enough time. Well, sure we do, apparently. But we had time to play, you know, carnival music. What? Oh, here we go. Is that all you got? That's all I got. Woo! Take this us out, so man! You know, if you go to the carnival, you can get a carnival gasm. <laughs> or you big trumpet lovers out there, get a horngasm, baby. Now wait, but right here on Yahoo.com. Hold on. Those of you that like to go to the Grand Canyon can get, wait for it, a chasmgasm. Oh. Do 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 I win. All right. Enough. We got a sports show here. Let's talk some sports. All right. Off to the domes. Some college sports talk here in the Hachos. Mostly that of the football kind. As America keeps rooting and betting on their favorite local team. Teams from other states. You get that, Rob, too? Like, you know, I guess if you didn't go to the college, but you got a buddy of yours who just loves college from another team state has no affiliation of nobody went all there. those they they Likes usually the root for notre Likes dame the logos yeah they usually root for notre dame which pisses me off whoa um, there's a lot of wannabe clemson people out there too my friend and roll tiders yeah but when i was growing up and for many years it was notre dame you either had your your we'll alma mater be notre dame. or notre dame even if you had no you couldn't even you couldn't pick notre dame out on a map where it was located but you're like well i don't have a college football team to root for, so I root for Notre Dame. I, I say to love the, the uh, fighting Irish. By the way, where, where is it located again? Where's the college located? In South Bend, Indiana. I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan right here. What part of Illinois? Where is it? South Bend. Is that in... Why aren't you a fan of Army? Is that, is that down West, South? New York's own is West near Point. Louisiana? No? Indiana? I'm joking. Yes. I'm playing along, CUNY. No, you're done. Save the acting to the professionals. 
All right, where are we starting, buddy? Do you want okay? Do you want a week in review, or do you want some uh, some Full two coaches on that the are out? Hose. How are the blue hose doing? Oh, well, that's at the end. Okay, you gotta wait. That's the dessert, Paulie. It's so excited. Well, there is a blue hose update with standings, updated Pioneer League standings. Do you want to go coaches out, or do you want to go a review of what happened last week? Uh, let's start with the review of last week. Do All some right. coaches. Uh, the Blue Hose, and then we'll wrap things up with your NCAA football nuggets. With right, a side of barbecue sauce. And the, and the, from the, McDonald's. Up, the Have you tried the game. Buffalo Spice, man? From Wendy's, yeah. man. That's some hot stuff, baby. You know, the problem with Spice, as we veer back into non-sports, the problem with Spice is that... Well, food and football go hand you, in hand, Rob. When you eat just this, when all you can taste is the spice, it's no good. Okay. So, anyway... Uh, I've got to get all my paperwork in order here. Week seven, wasn't... baby. Wow, seven weeks. The year is so, flying. Happy. What have I been saying? Happy holidays already. Sorry. How would I have been saying all college season? Chaos is king. It's great. It's a season unlike any other. And then all of a sudden, we had week seven. And stability is the name of the game again. Purdue knocked off number two Iowa, which I guess got the Penn State treatment, which is you lose once and you fall completely out of the top ten which seems to happen to Penn State a lot when they're highly ranked. I guess people thought, look, Iowa got lucky beating Penn State when their quarterback went out with an injury, and now let's see how they do at number two, and Purdue knocked them off their perch. So that leaves us with Georgia at number one, Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati, the darling, the Cinderella, the, the bell of the ball the last few years for those that claim there should be somebody new to the dance, as I use more dance analogies, is number two, Oklahoma number three. And look who's back in the top four. That's right. One week removed from their stunning loss to Texas A&M, your Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, now, lurking just outside the top four, you know, four teams still in the college football playoffs, at least for this year, is number five, Ohio State. So let's do a little math here. Obviously, they're not one of the top four. If you go just by rankings, Ohio State is on the outside looking in. If you go by big, bad television, because I don't think Cincinnati's going to lose. I think they're going to run the table. They don't play anybody powerful, but they're, they play who's in front of them, and they're probably going to win out. You look at the big, bad TV. I'm sure the good folks at ESPN who decide who goes to the college football playoff with their own ranking system, I think starting this week, you know they're gonna they're gonna find a way to squeeze if everybody everything stays the same, to squeeze Ohio State in there and move Cincinnati out if they don't if Oklahoma doesn't find a way to lose or Georgia, which is doubtful. I personally would love to see a Cincinnati Ohio State matchup in the college football playoffs. That would be epic. Nothing nothing like a little David and Goliath from the same state sort of action. But that's what we're looking at now. Now ESPN has got their wish. Now they have a, an, an in to get Ohio State into the college football Final Four if they don't feel like Cincinnati is quote-unquote worthy, i.e. television worthy. So we'll see. We'll see what Ohio State does. Ohio State now, it's on them to not just win the rest of their games but crush all their opponents like grape. To show you know ESPN and the rest of the voting world that hey, we're a much better draw than the other team in Ohio. So that's where we are. Oh, Michigan number six. Michigan's a fraud. They're going to lose and really? lose big. Really, I was going to ask you. Really, they're going to lose big. 
Yeah, because this is what they do. They they win in the beginning, and then they face you know their their the meat of their Big Ten schedule, specifically Ohio State, and they lose every year. that Jim Harbaugh's there, they've lost to Ohio State. I don't see that changing. Uh, Penn State's number seven, Oklahoma State eight, Michigan State undefeated, number nine, and Oregon uh, rounds out the top ten. No, and we still have Wake Forest and NC State, two ACC teams not named Clemson in the top twenty-five. So there you go. Well, I mean, you're you're leaving a team out here right now, which which I just don't understand why you won't give them um, any credit, and that's UTSA. The University of Texas, San Antonio, ranked number 24. Hey, Purdue's number 25 now. Undefeated. Undefeated UTSA. Yeah, the first appearance in the top 25 since 2011 when they actually started playing football. I think they should be given a little... Oh, okay, hey, and Pitt, number 23, back from the dead. I'll give them some and love. Nothing, I mean, there's Nobody a, wins anything in Pittsburgh, so, I mean, that's I huge. Mean, look, uh, huge it just, it's unless it's on Texas. ice. Unless it's on ice, there's no winning at all in Pittsburgh anymore these days. In a long and time. And unfortunately, it is on the ice. Stupid penguins. Hey, hey, leave Sid the kid alone. You know, you, you know you're going to be pretty sad here in about four or five years with old Sid... Hangs the skates up. Why? Why on earth would I be sad over that? I know we're not supposed to talk about hockey. You're going to miss all the greatness of what Sidney Crosby is and was. How are you saying this with a straight face? Because it's true. I'm looking at you like there's there's no smile on your face. You know what? I hope you retire. Best in the world. Best in the world. Great. Best in the world. Winner. He plays. Winner. He plays. Gold medals. For. Stanley Cups. Right, winner. I will give him all the credit in the world for being a tremendous he, first ballot Hall of Famer. He but he plays for the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh from doing a mass suicide over these last fifteen years. If it wasn't for Sid, okay. No, and maybe no, the Steelers I think you're forgetting. Won, did the Steelers I say I think two? you're forgetting a couple Super Bowls. They did win two Super Bowls. So yeah. him and Grossberger have kept yes. the people of Pittsburgh alive. Okay. Doesn't mean I doesn't mean I have to like him. What were we talking about? You t- uh, not not <laughs> hockey. Well, we were just we we're just going no through the top twenty five. USA. I just wanted to get them in there today. Okay. Just I'm saying that you got some teams in there you haven't seen in a while. Uh, everybody below the the top four. Everybody, say like you say. Everybody. Everybody. Thank you. Hey now, hey everybody. Welcome to the top twenty five. It looks like it's nineteen eighty seven <laughs> with some of the teams in there. Okay, I'm back. Baby, it's my favorite, man. I love it. Sorry, I went to the zoo for a moment there, but I'm back now. Um, So yeah, so that's where we stand. It's now the great watch to see if somebody falls out of the top four, allowing Ohio State to move in, or if everything stays the same. Do the powers that be somehow, some way, screw over poor Cincinnati because that's what they take out to put Ohio State in? You know, I don't. so, so is this going to happen within two weeks? Are they going to let this play out? And 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 I also want to ask, what's the biggest game of the weekend for you? Okay, so that's at the. I usually do at the end the upcoming big games. Okay, I have the, no, I don't. I don't want to throw you off there. I apologize. I apologize. Well, I, I, can, I can do it. We can I do it now. It's part of this conversation where you feel ESPN is is manipulating everything. Well, okay, so I think this week or next week. It's usually around the seventh or eighth week. ESPN comes out with their first college football playoff poll, and that runs. 
you know, concurrently with the AP poll and the other coaches poll. But it, it does determine who gets to go to the playoffs, the four teams that go. So it it in the years past, it has mirrored the AP poll. And then somehow at the end, they go a completely different direction. So we'll see. We'll see if they have, you know, one, two, three, four, five. I'm not going to count again Michigan at six because they're a fraud. They're going to be gone. They're not worth talking about. But we'll see if the top five stays the same in both polls. Maybe a, a flip-flop of who's two and three. They also, that's the other thing they do, is they try to work it so that they get the best matchups in the first round, you know, in the semifinals before the final. You okay. know, unless they, unless they have a team like Alabama that can't be anything but one. In this case, Georgia, I guess, can't be anything but one. Although you can argue they haven't really played that rough a schedule. Um, I mean, Clemson at the beginning of the year seemed like a hell of a victory, and now Clemson's out of the top 25. And they're not even receiving votes, I believe. So we'll see. It's just be interesting to see what ESPN does versus what the what the AP poll does. So we're all waiting. Yes. On the ESPN gasm. Exactly. We're gonna have. There you go. There you go. This week on Yahoo Sports. Oh, he's talking about the ESPN gasm. You can get him watching any game, any sport on ESPN. This guy. Hey, buddy, you set this him guy. up. You set him up by knocking out of park, okay? No, I, I stopped pitching hours ago. All You're right, not so... just swinging wildly in an empty stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of coaches have been uh, asked to clean out their offices and been escorted off the properties. May we well, talk about those two gentlemen? Yes. One was given the shit can, and the other said, I'm out of here because my politics, as dumb as they are, interfere with your politics. Let's take the, poli- the political one first because it's less surprising, I suppose. Uh, Nick Rolovich, raise your hand if you've heard before, right this second, who Nick Rolovich is, uh, is out as the football coach at Washington State, not because of his sterling 28-27 and record since he took over coming from the University of Hawaii. And by the way, let me just say. Hey, we talked about Hawaii last week, man. I would fire him just for saying I'm going to leave Hawaii to come to Pullman, Washington. Nothing wrong with Pullman, Washington, but it's not Hawaii. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, he, since the state of Washington has required all of their state employees and working for Washington State makes you a state employee, they're required to be vaccinated. Rolovich is not vaccinated. He could not get a religious exemption. And so he... Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't quit. He was fired. I beg my begging your pardon. Man. He didn't quit over vaccinations. Wow. He was fired because he refused to get one. And now he's going to be suing the state of Washington for wrongful termination. Can he do that? Can he win? He, well, yes, he can sue. Will he win? Hmm. You know, he Who could knows? have avoided all of this stuff if he just borrowed a fake vaccination card from Amanda King. Which we'll be talking about. Oh, and the um, and just because we like things that come full circle on this high quality program, the name of the defensive coordinator that's taking over on an interim basis, Jake Dickert. No way. Yes, yes. Jake Dickert is the new is the interim coach oh, of your man alive. Washington State Cougars. And then there's Coach O, and everybody has their Coach Orgeron imitation. I don't have one. But Ed Orgeron, who uh, about an hour and a half ago won the national championship with LSU, is what out. Have you done for me? Right, exactly. He's out as coach of – well, he's going to finish the season. 
Um, but he's not he coming is. back in 2022. Well, I mean, what kind he, of fuck is that? Finish he, out the season, then you're out of yeah. here? You just, again, I an hour and a half ago. Boat, riding down to Mississippi, out into the Gulf, and heading out of town. I mean, talk about... fish in hand. Talk about cutthroat. I mean, the, the great... The great Tony Kornheiser said about the SEC and PTI the other night, he said, they'll sell your house while you're in it just to get rid of you. They have no mercy in the SEC. The SEC says, look, you win a national championship, that's great. And the last three coaches that LSU has hired, Nick Saban, Les Miles, and now um, Ed Orgeron, they've all won national championships. So... I guess, you know, it's doesn't take not long good enough. for the it's bloom. It's not good enough right. for the LSU school body. It's not good enough. It doesn't take long ups. for the bloom to fall off the rose. You know Winning what they look at? It's not enough. Right. You know what, it, what they need? They look at schools like Alabama, and they say, this school has sustained success. Championships always in the running. It's not good enough to win one every few years. We want to be in the mix every year. Now, it doesn't help Orgeron that – his best offensive coach, Joe Brady, the one who made a superstar to Joe Burrow, went to Carolina to be their offensive coordinator. And his defensive coordinator, or Nada, I think his name is, he left to be a head coach somewhere. Um, those were his two biggest, his two biggest, you know, partners, his two biggest coaches. So the team obviously was not going to be as successful without those coaches. But still, 2019. Less than two calendar years ago, you're the national champions. And last year was a rough year, or this year's a rough year, but there's no downtime. There's no time to reload. You gotta you gotta win and have another team, a championship team, right behind all the starters from your current championship team, or you're done. And that's kind of why I guess that's what Nick Saban's done. They won the national championship last year. He had a bench full of starters for another championship run this year. Plus, it's hard to lose Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all those other great LSU players from 2019 and still be as good. But even, even you know, Clemson had a sustained run. Alabama has a sustained – Ohio State has been, you know, top of the charts for at least the last five, ten years. Folks in, S- in SEC country are much less patient. So they said, Coach O, you're out. Now, there's been some off-the-field stuff. You know, ah, some of his, some of his behavior, but He's I really, I a think 12 year old. So what? Right. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> I, I have no I idea. Think if down he's, south, it's OK. I don't think he's dating a 12 year old, folks. But oh, I think God. as long as you keep winning. And I'm I, by the way, I'm not OK with that. No, but I, I heard it's OK in certain parts of this country. But I think it, whatever you do off the field, if you in, in SEC country, just keep winning, you know, short of being a racist, misogynist, uh, you know, homophobe. What? I said short of. You can't even the SEC coaches can't survive that. But you know, you want to date someone you shouldn't, have an affair, cheat, you know, a few recruiting violations here and there. Hey, that's it's all that's, part of SEC that's country. Been baby. Completely, completely accepted in this country the last five, five, six years. What's been completely accepted? All those things that you just said. No, did you do you listen to me when I talk? I said unless you've done those things, there isn't anything know, you there, can do to get there, by. There was it. a certain leader who did all those things that you just said, and it was accepted. So it's yeah, this is okay. Not, that's, that's just presidential. Know, this, this He's is just okay the president. He's country. not a football coach in the I SEC. Know, but it doesn't matter. 
Yes, it's it does. Okay the SEC country. is more powerful than the White House. Come on. Well. And we're not going to talk about – we're here to talk about the SEC, not the house that George Washington built. It's a country have, problem. Who, who may have been a racist, by the way. Who? Yeah. George Washington. He was a slave owner, after all. But that's for another podcast. That's the hypocrisy honchos, which we'll get to, you know, coming up in 2022. All right. Um, you want some uh, nuggets? Courtesy no, of our I have friends. A one, qu- one qu- oh, question. Oh, please. Uh, I mean, allow me to rehydrate. As far as Coach Eddie here. Mm-hmm. So he finishes out this season. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt if, if this guy wants to continue coaching, he's going to land another gig somewhere, right? Right. I mean, well, I want, want my thoughts to you outside of all the other stuff on the sidelines because, hey, look, this is the way it is in sports these days. Um, right. Good coach. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, you, you can't, sir, you can't coach at USC and at LSU and not be a good coach. I, I know there's already some chatter that he might go back to USC. I don't think they want him there. I they think he's one of these. Because they lost but, the staff. But-, but he's a coach. You know, we've seen this in hockey with, you know, Torts and Keenan and my pal Laviolette right here in Washington. Coaches that are good coaches, but boy, do they wear out their welcome. And so I, Orgeron is one of these kinds of guys that wins, but then they're like, okay, we're done with you now. You got to go. Um, I think I think he's 60. You know what? So if he, if he's he's going to coach again. If he's vaccinated, there's a gig up in Washington State available. Oh, can you imagine? Well, that would be so weird if he <laughs> ends up in Washington State. I mean, hey, he's coached in the Pac-10. I'm sorry, the Pac-12 uh, already. Why not go up there? But I don't know. I don't think we'll see him in 2022 he might be currently under contract and just enjoying being retired he might end up in jail we have no idea maybe maybe he'll coach you know the longest yard too he'll be the coach of the uh the inmates i like that yeah all right give us some nuggets and then we'll see how the uh the blue hose are doing all right so we'll do some nuggets courtesy of our friends the athletic the games to watch this weekend and then the always exciting blue hose Update. All right, so here's some nuggets for you. LSU, speaking of LSU, how's that for synergy? LSU's Tyrion Davis-Price rushed for more yards against Florida than anyone else ever, surpassing Herschel Walker's record. He rushed in a 49-42 win over Florida, so that's a big win for Coach O and the boys. Uh, Price finished with a school record 287 yards and three touchdowns and 36 carries, breaking Herschel Walker's record of 238. After a 24-7 win at number two Iowa, Purdue now has five wins, five more wins against AP top two teams while unranked than anyone else in college football history. Uh, Scott Frost is now 5-17 and in one-possession games in Nebraska. How he still has a job is beyond me, uh, including 0-5 this year. TCU has allowed 200 rushing yards in four consecutive games, as many as the past three seasons combined. Good defense on that one. Uh, Georgia's NCAA record extra point streak ended at 363, first time since 2014. It's a long time. Not a long time. Colorado State kicker Caden Camper, which, by the way, is my favorite recreational vehicle. They call him KK vehicle. on campus. Actually, it's CC. Uh, made five field they goals for the third. KK. Yeah, five. I don't know why they call him KK. Uh, made five field goals for the third time this season. The rest of the country has. Two games with five field goals. Uh, Baylor linebacker Dylan Doyle, another double initial person. 
They also call they also call him KK on campus. Had four tackles, one sack, one rushing touchdown, and one receiving touchdown. It's quite a day for old KK. Uh, Mississippi State finished with 300 yards passing, but only 299 total yards in their loss to Alabama. Uh, their quarterback Will Rogers, not the philosopher or whatever Will Rogers was, actor, comedian. Uh, completed 35 of 55 passes for 300 yards, but the Bulldogs finished with minus one yard rushing because Rodgers was sacked seven times. So they had 300 yards passing, but only 299 yards of total offense. Indiana quarterback Jack Tuttle, that's a great name, became the Home third... Home on campus. Right, the third, or KK as his friends call him, third Division I player since 2000 to throw at least 52 passes for fewer than 190 yards. He was 28 for 52 for 188 yards and two interceptions in a 2015 loss to Michigan State. That tastes like a great quarterback job there. (laughs) And finally, Eastern Washington quarterback Eric, I almost said Brazier, Eric Barrier passed for 600 yards in a 71-21 win against Idaho. So 26 to 35 with seven touchdowns, 600 yards. That's 17 yards per attempt. And now before we get to your Blue Hose Pioneer League update, some games to watch this weekend. It's kind of a meh weekend. Just like the weekend, the NFL is going to be kind of a meh weekend. Um, LSU playing Old Miss. Uh, the first game at LSU since, again, Coach O was thrown under the bus. USC at number 13, Notre Dame. This is Classic Saturday afternoon football. USC, Notre Dame, doesn't matter. It's one of those cliche, throw out the records. Or as Mel Allen would say, hey, everybody, throw out the records. Well, these two teams meet. Um, You know, USC is down. Notre Dame ain't what she used to be. But hey, again, this is classic, old school, fall days, college football. Uh, Number five, Ohio State, Indiana. Ohio State begins their campaign to get into the college football playoff now that Iowa is out. Uh, will they crush the remaining opponents enough to stake their claim to the Final Four? And finally, number 10, Oregon at UCLA could be a preview of the Pac-12 championship. Oregon is in first place we in the Northern Division. Hope. And UCLA is in uh, second place, a half game behind Utah for first place in the South. So those are the games to watch out for. And now you're... I'm waiting. I, my, you're pointing a finger at me. Gotta play the Blue Hose school song, baby. Let's go. All right. So your Presbyterian Blue Hose fell to two and four and zero and three God, in the conference, so. with a loss to uh, number one in the Pioneer League at three and zero, four and one overall. Davidson in a clash of two North Kakalaki schools, the inaugural Carolina Border Clash, they called it on Saturday night. Last Saturday saw Davidson. 70, Presbyterian, 35. Ooh, close one. Close. Yes. It will actually... Speaking of close. Um, <laughs> so each team fumbled. Each team fumbled to open the game. That's 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 quality football. Good stuff, On their man. opening possession, each team fumbled. <laughs> um, and then uh, the, the Blue Hose got on the board first. Okay, excuse me. Sorry. Davidson got on the board first. 7 nothing lead. Back and forth. And actually at halftime... The score was 35-22. Only a 13-point difference. 35 Davidson, 22 for the Blue Hose. And then in the second half, uh, they, they raced out to their 70 
to 35 final score. So they were outscored 35 to 13 in the second half. It was a lot less close in the second half for our friends, the Blue Hose. Uh, next up, Presbyterian returns home for homecoming against uh, San Diego. Are San Diego, who is three and four overall, three and one in the conference in fourth place, whereas David's or Presbyterian is uh, ninth out of 11 teams in the Pioneer League. So we should go there to you homecoming. go. We should go to homecoming. Well, this is, their, this is their homecoming game. Let's, you know, pack we up the go. sports honchos camper. The camper, what was his name? Caden Camper. And uh, <laughs> drive down there. You mean KK? Good old KK. Well, there you go. Blue host pop. It's Robert Cuny. Nice. Well done. There you go. Well done. Thank you. All right. Thank you for that, man. No problem. We should go to homecoming. We should. We should, but we're not. We should. That's it. You know. You know why? Because we can't. We got things to do, especially right here on Honcho. Because now we're super busy. Because now, now we gotta, we gotta leave the dormitories and head to the ice rinks, the diamonds, and the hardwoods. We're all hockey, hoops, and hardball right here on the Sports Honcho. Let's go, Rob. Come on, buddy, clap. Come on, come on. This episode 43. Come on, you haven't clapped yet. Oh. All right, folks. NHL is uh, week two. Your cap's 2-0-1, baby. New expansion teams and everything. Already the controversial stories coming out off the ice. But the game on the ice is doing well. NBA. Tipped off last night, and we'll go through every possession of every minute every of the game. two games last night. We'll have an in-depth NBA preview, and just like our in-depth uh, NFL preview. Small balls <laughs> going on here. Obviously, we got the playoffs here. The Astros making a show of the Red Sox right now, nine-one, about to take a uh, lead in that series. And the Ash, the uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Braves and the Dodgers. Uh, right now in the second and top of the second. And the Braves are up 2-0 already, Rob. No, so. the, how did that work out for him last night? I don't know. Not too well. Uh, what are we going to start with, sir? I think we should start on the ice. I guess, right, unfortunately, well, off the ice. If we're going to do that, uh, I guess the first thing we should mention before we get too far afield, thoughts and prayers for the great Hall of Famer, former Islander Mike Bossy, 64, revealed uh, Tuesday he has cancer. Liver, I'm sorry, lung cancer. Um, nothing further about, you know, long-term prognosis. He's taken time off from his, uh, hockey analyst job with TVA sport, uh, while he receives treatment. Um, you know, he had a very optimistic message. I can assure you that I intend to fight with determination. You'll see me display on the ice and in my game, that same determination that helped me achieve my dreams. Um, you know, again, I, I, as, as a Capitals fan, I remember the torment that one Mike Bossy heaped, Upon my beloved hometown team, I hated him as a player and as a member of the Islanders, but I acknowledge one of the greats. I was lucky enough to watch him play and the rest of those stinking Islanders. Uh, but would be that as it may, all that means nothing at this point. Just hope for a speedy recovery for old Mike Bossy. You know, Bossy so. was, you know, he equally tortured me as a New York Strangers fan here and broke my heart for lots of years. Right. I, Bossy was the one guy like I never hated. 
He was the one guy I kind of always respected. I actually went to the, uh, I have the ticket stuff. I went to see him uh, score 50 and 50 against the Nordiques at mm-hmm. the old Coliseum uh, many moons ago. And I've been lucky enough to uh, work with the guy. Um, and then, you know, I used to host the, uh, uh, produce the, the Butch Goring show a couple of years ago. And we had all the guys from the Islanders dynasty uh, on that show. Uh, great guy, class guy. I, you know, it's funny because I, I do remember him smoking. And uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you hear about that. But I never hated Bonacy. I mean, guys like, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I, I'm older now. And then getting to do those shows with Butchie and, and, you know, what those guys did. I mean, I have a lot of respect for them. I mean, they broke my heart. But, I mean, you, you, you kind of couldn't stand ha- Eddie Harris or, uh, you know. Billy, uh, Billy Smith. Harris, Billy, I'm sorry. Billy Billy Harris. Um, You know, guys like John Tonelli, you know, Gillies, Trache, you know, Podvin. Langevin, they all got under your st- skin, you know. I mean, they were just phenomenal players. I mean, they, they won four. They, they could have won six Stanley Cups, if not for losing to the Rangers, surprisingly, in 79. And then, obviously, the birth of the, uh, you know, the Oilers just starting to take off with their, right. um, you know, them becoming a powerhouse team. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're getting older, and these guys are getting older here, too. And, and unfortunately, we're hearing this. But I wish him all the best. Look, he's not gone yet. and, and hopefully No. We, um, you know, with uh, modern medical science here and stuff, we can we can we can only hope that Boss is going to be around for a lot longer. But uh, yeah, definitely, I'm with you, man. Uh, uh, you know, best thoughts to him and, and his family and, and the guy from Long Island here. Like I said, grew up with him, uh, met him. Uh, it's 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 kind of weird, but like I said, you hope for the best. Yeah, but I think you're right. He was of, he of all the Islanders, he was the most likable. But you lump them all together, you know, and they're all. When 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 they're playing, and when you're thinking about it in terms of hockey, I'm just looking at his stats. I mean, 11 seasons, and he still had 573 goals and 553 assists. Good lord! I mean, sure. I know I know sure. hockey was score, different. Sniper, I know. Awesome. I know hockey was different then. It was, uh, but still, but it wasn't it's, it's easy an, either, though. No, it's still an impressive. On the team late 70s, of, early 80s were tough times to play in the league, man. Yeah. It wasn't easy. That was clutch and grab and hitting cheap shots, yeah. fighting everything. I mean, obviously, he benefited by having big old, uh, you know, Clark. Speaking of number nines and stuff, having Gillies on right. the line with him and, and Trotz was no pushover either, man. But no. what a line they had! I mean, they were just unbelievable. And and Bossy, Bossy was the guy. Who, and I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off. I know you got some more stuff. No, it's okay. There, but he he was a finisher, man. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, so, you know, uh, my my buddy Pat, whenever I watch a Rangers game with him, and I know as a Rangers fan, I'm sure you are both, you're like, okay, I'm over it, I'm over it, but I still get a kick out of, no matter who the Rangers are playing, they're going to yell, Pot Van sucks. I don't know. I don't know why I like that so much. I just do. Because it's just so odd, even they're not playing the Islanders, it doesn't matter who they're playing, at some point they're going to kick up that cheer. I love it. I know You've grown up with it. You and Pat are probably sick of it, or it's just you don't even think about it. But I still get a kick out of it every time I hear it. So it's, it's I, one it's of just, those great old, era, you know, hockey traditions. You know, every city's yeah. got something, and and that's just part of the lore with the Islander Rangers rivalry. It'll never go away. You know, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see here with the Islanders. They don't play there until November twenty fourth, I believe. But opening up the brand new building, uh, they've been releasing the pictures. It looks gorgeous. Right. Their fan base right now is is at a fever pitch like it was during the times that Bossy played during the dynasty years. Obviously, the Islanders getting close here the last two seasons. There's a lot of expectations, and uh, you know now that the thing has actually been built here, and you drive past it and you see it, it's like it's still unbelievable they they have a new arena. So it's going to be pretty exciting to have this fan base 
and it's a younger fan base now too. And 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 like I said, they they really had a huge impact the last two years here. A lot of fun here at the Coliseum, the tailgates, and everything else. So this is going to be an interesting next. I don't know. I guess you know, new a whole new way to look at the Islanders as a franchise. Not only them being successful on the ice, but obviously the guys like Lou Lemerell here and Barry Trotz and just seeing this kind of take off here uh, on Long Island. It's going to be pretty Break my heart when you say say the trots. (laughs) Yeah, and and, you know, they they finally, like I said, since Ledecky took over, they've finally, you know, given these guys from the Dynasty team some recognition that they deserve. I mean, to think that was not last season, but the season before, that was the first time Goring and, and, you know, uh, Tonelli's numbers went up into the rafters. I mean, just put... Everybody was on those dynasty teams. Put those numbers up there, man. Because that's that's the last time anybody will win that many cups in a row. Ever. Yeah. Well, it's been what? When did the island when did the Oilers end their run? Ninety? Nineteen eighty three, eighty actually eighty four. The last cup they won was in eighty three, eighty four season, and then they lost to the Oilers in eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. Because I that mean, was it's... the famous drive for fun. Not 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 one for the thumb like the Steelers had when they were going for their fifth Super Bowl in seven years. One for the thumb. Hey, uh, speaking of guys who were number nine and aren't nice. going to the Hall of Fame, nice segue, should we Jesse. should we talk about that? Was another professional radio segue, friendos? Should we talk about our boy Evander Kane? I, I am sharing a show among greatness here. Yeah, no. talk about this guy. I mean, what this guy? It, it, you know, we just we go from one class individual, you know, an ambassador for the sport in Mike Bossy. I never thought I would ever say those words, by the way. Um, I wouldn't have said those 20 years ago, that's for sure. Uh, to Evander Kane, good player, can't seem to keep his hands clean uh, off the ice. So I think I mentioned last week that he there was a, an allegation that he had a forged vaccination card, forged COVID vaccination card. Well, now the NHL has suspended Evander Kane for 21 games without pay for a violation of the NHL's COVID-19 protocols, which, of course, is the forged vaccination card. On October 6th, it was reported by Front Office Sports that Kane was being investigated by the NHL. I'm reading from, I get this right, the Oregonian? Could that be right? I guess it is. Weird. Oh, yes, the Oregonian. Um, Investigated by the NHL for submitting a fake proof of vaccination card, which is illegal in both the U.S. and Canada. The NHL does not have a vaccine mandate. Odd. But But much like other leagues, it has policies in place that make navigating the season easier for players that are vaccinated compared to those who are unvaccinated. Uh, the money Kane loses because of the suspension will go to the NHLPA's Emergency Assistance Fund. That's good. Uh, it will cost him $35,000 in salary every day until November 28th, which is a lot of money. What's that number again? $35,000 in salary every day until November 28th. This is his sixth suspension in a 13-year career. Two games for an illegal hit with Winnipeg in 2014, one game for an illegal check with the Sharks in 2019, three games for abuse of officials in 2019, and three games for elbowing in 2020. Uh, the first time he can return to the team is against the Devils on November 30th. He's also been accused by his own wife of gambling on hockey. 
And uh, there were allegations of domestic assault by the same said wife, Anna. So this guy, no, again, talented player, but what a headache. Is the orange really, the juice really worth the squeeze on this guy? Plus, you got to be pretty dumb to commit a crime like forging your vaccination card. Like nobody's going to notice. They're gonna, that's going to be swept under the rug. Come on. Come on, Evander. I don't understand. I don't understand. Give, give me. Give me his gift. Give me his money. You know, yeah. there has to oh, be, there has to be, he has to just be around the worst people in the world. I mean, you take his wife, that's one thing, but his circle of friends, you know, the, I imagine down the road there will be a backstory here. I mean, the gambling itself. A 30 for 30 is coming on Evander Kane. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously this, this, the rings have to probably extend way out here and his, his intimate circle and stuff. Because, you know, look, I don't care whether you're a rich hockey player or you're a local guy with your buddies here and hang out. You know, you, you hope you have, you always have a couple of buddies there to look out for you and say, hey, don't do that. Yep. Hey, hey, don't make, no, come on, don't do that. Don't spend your last twenty bucks. Right. Plus, this guy, this on guy, a twelve pack he's, he's, and a pack of cigarettes, where you know, don't, like yeah. Vandekamp. Don't spend, you, you know, don't forfeit thirty five thousand dollars a day. Right, he's already facing financial card. troubles. The gambling is born of all the, the financial troubles he's having. So now, what's his solution? I'll just piss away thirty five thousand dollars a day, not because he wouldn't get vaccinated, but because he forged his vaccination card. For a league that doesn't have it doesn't have a vaccine mandate, that makes no sense. I mean, it trickles down to his family, and, and you know, when you lose your income and you lose your way, I mean, you you're already in that type of debt. I mean, he got this huge contract from the Sharks. He has an organization that that said, "Okay, just come here and play for us, and, and we'll we'll make this work." And he's pissing it all away. Yeah. You know, he's look. He's not the only guy who's done no. this. Number one. And Not I think, in this me, sport or any sport. Yeah, and to me, unfortunately, that that's the thing that kind of you know I I I get it's 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 hard to see. It's hard to see. it's like you know what happens you know. But again, I I believe um, you know there's other people to blame here. Ultimately, he makes the decisions. But man, that's some to not have people in your camp or in your circle or in your family or or if you're I mean, granted too. I have to admit, there's guys that I know, too, that you can give them the best advice in the world, and they will just say, hey, I got this. Shut the fuck up. I got this. Don't worry about it. I don't need yep. you. I don't care what you're saying. I got this. And then, you know, you got to clap your hands and walk away and say, all right, man, right. good luck. It's, at some point, you got to yeah, you just got to say, look, I've done all I can do. It's your life now. You're in charge. So. All right. You know, look, Mr. Uh, Kane. He's, he's, he's got a problem. I mean, it's it's he does have a problem. So, but. Clearly, he's not. I think you're dead on with the whole. Who's he associating with? Where is his circle of friends? Where is his support system? It's clearly failed him, or he's just not listening to him. Yeah. One or the other. So, uh, as far as the uh, the league right now, two games tonight: uh, Flyers and the Bruins. Flyers up two one, and the Blues will be playing the Knights uh, in a little bit here. Uh, just wanted to um, take a quick look here: uh, the Buffalo Sabers and the Florida Panthers are undefeated, as are. Uh, Detroit Red Wings, yeah, just looking down here, you know, whatever. The other story is, is way down here, uh, over there in the Pacific. Uh, Seattle Kraken having some fun, one and three. I mean, you know, basically I'm I'm having a little fun here. It's four or five games in. There's nothing really to talk about yet. No. Well, hey, isn't, um, 
Isn't a hundred-year-old Craig Anderson late of the Washington Capitals the Sabres goalie? No, I thought it was. Um... Who is he with? But he's two and zero. Oh. I believe he's he's somebody is putting him in net, and he's actually winning. Terrible on us that we don't know this. No, I, I, it just, I, I is, was, is there just too many? I tell you I, what, I tell you what, I'll give me and you a pass on this because we have, we brought this up, I think, uh, a season or two ago. No, about the every year, the goaltenders, the free agencies, the signings, they end up everywhere. No, I'm he is with he is with the Sabers. I I saw that I, I like passed through it on Twitter. You know, who's Holt be playing for now? Did I see the seal tonight? He's on uh, Dallas. He's on the Stars. Yes. Yeah. They, they, he was on just... Vancouver last week. Right. An hour ago, he was he was leading the Caps to the Stanley Cup, and now he's on his second team since leaving the Capitals. I don't know. Well, I can tell you what. We'll uh, we'll find out where Anderson's playing here. But um, look, we're excited. It's back. It's awesome. But we're three three four games in here, and uh, it's just just not a, just just no reason to get overly excited right now. Hold on, now, now I'm looking to see. Hold on. Oh, I know he, I know he, I know he plays for the Sabres. You sure now? Well, yeah, unless he's, unless he's been traded. Oh, he's, and he's, number, he's 40. His number is now bigger than his age. Uh, let's see, two games played this season, 2-0, and a goal against average of 1.5, and a save percentage of 95%. Machine. He's a machine. So Sabres going was, all the way, undefeated season yeah. on tap. Yep. Forget Dominic Hasrick. Move over, Hashik. Here comes Greg Anderson. All right, Powell. Let's move on to the NBA, a uh, league that uh, Vanna Kane will not be able to bet on. No. So uh, it no. started last night, uh, two yep. games. It and, starts uh, in earnest our tonight. Lakers, our Lakers, with all that experience, putting up a, a you know, yep. 0-1. Yeah. The, uh, the Ingleside Lakers lost 121-114 to 114 to the Golden State Warriors, who still don't have Clay Thompson or James Wiseman. Uh, and the Bucks, defending champion NBA NBA champion Bucks, beat the Nets in a rematch of their Eastern Conference Finals uh, to kick off the 2021-2022 season. Did you happen to see the ring, the championship rings that the Bucks got? I mean, every year somebody tries to outdo nice? somebody else. You could say that. <laughs> in, a, in addition to the piles of emeralds and diamonds in this monstrosity of a ring. The top of the ring actually unscrews from the ring, and you can make it a pendant. There's a little hook that flips up from underneath the top of the ring so you can wear it as a necklace. And, and I've never seen this before, when you take the top off the ring, on, on the, 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 what's left of the ring on the top of the remaining ring portion, there's a QR code that you can scan for video highlights of the championship season. Is it necessary? Of course not. None of it's necessary. <laughs> it's just to say, look, this is a ring I can't even lift. Pretty soon, you won't be able to lift these rings. They will be transported to your home, set in a case, and they will never be able to move. I mean, who would wear that? I mean, who, yes, who maybe you wear it once. wearing it out in public? You wear it out in public, you might as well just hand it to someone because they're going to take it from you. I mean, it's like 300 diamonds. A hundred or so emeralds. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's just it's a monstrosity with a big emerald encrusted deer head on the top. But the fact that it unscrews so you could catch some highlights with a QR code is just it's it's just it's beyond garish and ostentatious. But you know what? 
whoever wins the championship this year will probably have a ring that you know transcends that. So incredible stuff, but hey, man. You earned it. They've earned it. Enjoy. It's a spoils of victory. I just I had to laugh when I saw it. Well, congratulations to them. I'm surprised it wasn't uh, they didn't put like a little bit of nacho cheese in there, and then when you open up the ring, you could just that. Uh, wait, there you go. Hey, you if know? you're listening, NBA, whoever wins hey. the championship this year, a nacho cup. Wisconsin cheese, you know, would nice. Doesn't you know, any? Well, yes, but I think any team would be thrilled with that idea. A nacho cup, <laughs> free nachos, chips for life. All right, so 11 games on the schedule here tonight. So, Rob, I got to ask you, um, they're up 57-37 at the half. Wizards, what's your outlook here on this season? Stink, stank, (laughs) stunk. Uh, No, actually, you know, you never can tell with the Wizards. Here's what I do know. If if they don't trade Bradley Beal this season, he's going to walk after next season, and they will have precisely squad douche to show for him being here for the eight, nine years he's been here already. So, right. I don't know. We'll see. When's the they last got all the, game you went to? They got all the Lakers cast-offs. Um, before the pandemic, so I guess the 2019 season. So, I think December of 2019, I took my sons to see the Wizards in the Heat. And, of course, it was a load management day for a lot of the stars of the Wizards and the Heat. Um, so, I hope to go back to Capital One Arena. Actually, the boys want to go because they they know their dad. The boys want to go to a hockey game as a Hanukkah gift this year. So I'm going to, you know, take them out to a game, let them go, you know, pick something out of the gift shop and have a whole, you know, whole day with them. Because as the kids get older, use you know, one's 20, one's 18. Make-believe athletic sponsorship money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, buddy, anyway. I gotta, you got to keep – what's going on with Ben Simmons, man? Everybody wants to know. Uh, speaking of Ben, yeah, speaking of the NBA starting, you know who won't be playing in the season openers? Ben Simmons, who loudly proclaimed he would never play for the Sixers again, and then walked tail between his legs back to this tra- to the Sixers practice facility for training camp, uh, and now he has been uh, suspended <laughs> for the first game. Uh, the 76ers announced that in Tuesday's practice that he has been suspended for tonight's game against the Pelicans for conduct detrimental for the to the team. Uh, Simmons had been thrown out of practice by 76ers coach Doc Rivers after he declined several times to sub in for a drill. Um, So he's already lost $1.4 million for missing his four preseason games, and he will lose another $227,000 for, uh, you know, not being at the game. And uh, he's still not spoken to Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid has said, it's not my job to babysit him anymore. So, you know, it's already, um, things are going well. In Philly for old Ben Simmons. Uh, for those that have forgotten, trying to see what what huge, unbelievable contract, like four years, $170 million, some obnoxiously large contract that he just he's just started uh, working under. So, you know, it's going great. <laughs> One down, 81 more to go for Ben Simmons. Good luck, so Ben. A, yeah, good luck. That's a mess. All right, moving over to the uh, the Diamonds there. We're in the midst of the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, the Division Championship Series games, uh, getting pretty 
pretty, pretty, pretty interesting here at this point of the state. Everybody's of the everybody's game right two now. two. <laughs> yes, well, the Astros now have gone up three to two as they wallop the Sox tonight, nine to one. So that's uh, a little closer for the uh, the Astros there. Right. As a Yankee fan, we just I don't know. I'm, I'm I I hate both teams, but I, I'm hoping the Red Sox come back and win the series. Uh, the bravest of baseball teams, the Atlanta Braves, are three nil against the Dodgers right now, top of the third. And if they win tonight, Rob, stranglehold against the mighty Dodgers. Yeah, but last year we had we said the same thing. The Do- Braves went up 2-0, then 3-1, and the Dodgers ended up winning. This is a case of two managers, Snicker and uh, Roberts, who seem to be racing to see who can outmanage themselves. And that game last night, there's no... Cody Bellinger, who no matter what he does during the regular season, he's just a beast in the playoffs. The Braves never should have lost that game last night. They used what a hundred pitchers, and they, you know, the guy who was holding down the Dodgers to take him out because that's what the analytics say. Mm-hmm. And the next pitcher that comes in gives up four runs, and the Braves lose. The Braves had him down. They were winning five to two going into the ninth inning after using six pitchers. Okay, I just it's it's enough already. When you remember a hundred years ago when you and I watched the Twins and the Braves and Jack Morris went ten innings and it pitched a one nothing ten inning shutout and he would Brother. not let Tom Kelly take him out in the tenth inning. We're never going to see a guy I feel like go six innings I'm so as a glad starter. You brought that up. I mean that was one of my favorite. I yeah. mean those 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 Twins teams and the Braves teams back then obviously, but man the the Twins oh yeah like I mean. Those were when men's were men's. Right. That I was mean, the greatest World Series game. Out back then. That was the best World Series game I've ever watched. Uh, I mean, like, a start, I was riveted. And I had no rooting interest in either team. I'm just like, well, well look at this guy. Well, when you're a baseball fan, you yeah. know, you, you, the World Series is the World Series. I mean, it's... Right. I don't know, man. It's it's just an awesome. You have to watch. It's like, you got to watch the you got to watch the Stanley Cup Finals. You got to watch the Super yep. Bowl, you know. Maybe you don't have to watch the NBA Finals. But, you know, these yeah. their own. You can only watch with so much. So if you have time, you can watch the NBA Finals. But, you know, if you don't, it's okay. We'll forgive you. So, yeah, uh, Astros up 3-2. Braves will – who knows? Who knows what kind of stranglehold anybody has in that series? Somebody's going to find a way, again, to outsmart themselves. And speaking of managers, Paul, we have a coming and going. Comings and goings. The Crypt Keeper, as we talked about last week. We, th- we theorized, is he going to come back for another year as White Sox manager? But yes, indeed, Tony La Russa, back for the 2022 season when he'll be 178 years old uh, to manage the White Sox. I think they're going to just keep doing this on a one-year basis. If he feels like coming back, he'll come back. I think Eat it's a one-year liquor, contract. the liquor cabinet is full, Tony will be there. <laughs> Poor Tony La Russa. Um, but yeah, he's going to be back. His players... We thought, though we didn't think. The big question about Larusa was not can he manage. He obviously knows baseball better than most of us. But the the question was can a man who's seventy six at that point relate to a bunch of players who are younger, of a different ethnicity, different backgrounds, different really cultural? No different than Grandpa feelings. being in the stands at the softball game or the little. So, and, and, and that's what it turned out to be. He was a, not a polarizing figure, but a galvanizing figure, and the team loved him. Maybe he was like their grandpa, whatever. But whatever he did, it seemed to work. Got him into the playoffs. Eh, give him another year. Try what's what's to you know. I mean, you look yep. at that division. Come on, the White Sox will be back there next year. I mean, yep, they certainly will. So, and and what this was a surprise. 
Uh, Mike Schilt, again, raise your hand if you knew who Mike Schilt was, uh, Cardinals manager. Yeah. Now in his, let's see, third season, he came in interim July of 2018. Didn't three they full seasons. in a row to get to the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, Wait, so like in addition to the 17 in a row he won this year, oh, let me just so see, if I, oh, see if I get this right. So in three full seasons, uh, well, three plus seasons, he was 252 and 199. Uh, National League Central title in 2019, NL Manager of the Year. Uh, made it to the playoffs in 2020 and made it to the playoffs this year. With that 17-game winning streak, so three full seasons, three playoff appearances, and he was fired. So the, when the story first came out, he was fired because of philosophical differences. This came out right on the heels of Gruden being fired, and I thought, uh-oh, did Schilt is Schilt going down that road of you know racism, homophobia, misogyny? Did he have an email or something in his past? Because it just said philosophical differences with no explanation. Then it came out a couple of days later that those philosophical differences, thank goodness were about our old pal analytics that the St. Louis front office wants to run the team one way and Mike Schilt, who's, you know, 51, I believe, uh, 53, wants to run it a different way. And so we get that old argument. Is it analytics versus, you know, the gut feeling of the field manager and making in-game decisions based on past experience and what your instincts are as a manager. And then the bigger issue, as we go forward with these teams like the Rays and like the Dodgers, these analytics-driven teams, the Astros, um, who's making the decisions now? Are the general managers and their, their analytics staff, are they now the ones who are truly making decisions for the what's happening on the field? You know, we remember the great scenes from Moneyball when, you know, Brad Pitt as Billy Bean um, is, you know, making decisions, field-level decisions instead of Art Howe. And the conflict between the great Philip Seymour Hoffman as Art Howe uh, and Billy Bean. And we saw that, you know, that was just one team. But now it seems to be a trend that it feels like these front offices are making more of the decisions. So the philosophical difference is the front office in St. Louis wants a more analytics-driven approach, and Mike Schultz like, yeah, I've been doing this a long time. Look, the results speak for themselves. And so he's out because ultimately the front office wins in these decisions. So we'll see. Well, uh, there's we'll also, see what happens. There's also a column at SB Nation, uh, Viva El Verdos, it's called, and it believes uh, – I don't know if it's serious or not, but anyway, check it out. It's uh, the real story on why Mike Schilt was fired. <clears throat> and if you read through the transcript here and if it's real, um, you got to check it out. It, it sounds like he set up the the front office and messed with them, and then they didn't they didn't like the joke, and I'm dreaming on here, but either that or, or it's a mockery. But check it out, and everybody make their own assumptions. I, I, I'm just glancing through it while I'm listening here. Uh, right. Why, but, you know, this is... The crazy world of I mean it's and it's bleeding into so many different sports than just baseball too. Right. You know, I mean two two the baseball season is so long. To get a seventeen game win streak and then to get your team in the playoffs, and then yes, you play one of the best teams in baseball and you give them a pretty good run out of all right. Yeah, they they what, bottom of the ninth with the game as well. This is what I'm I mean, saying. I mean you, yeah, it's They weren't blown out of that game against the Dodgers. You know, I mean and, See, and nobody gave the Cardinals a sniff. I mean, yeah. if you look back, you know, I'm not going to go into it now, but if you look back at the whole entire season, I mean, you had Milwaukee, Chicago, pretty much Houston, 
you know, running away with the division there. And then towards the end there, you know, Tampa had pretty much had a, you know, a lock hold on it. And then, and then the wild card was just a lot of fun. And then you had the Giants and the Dodgers, you know, they were locked there out west. And then everybody else was the, you know, that's why you have the wild card and you see what happens, blah, blah, blah. And that's why, you know, and then the Braves with an 80-game win season here, you know, are one win away from going to World Series. And that's yeah. baseball. And Andrews and everything else. And then, you know, real quick, we'll talk about Aaron Boone getting a three-year extension here with the Yankees. So he comes back. And I'm happy because I don't think Boone's the problem. Didn't you know? they get rid of all of his coaches, though? That's fine. <laughs> they they got to do something. I mean, because as far as I'm concerned, the guys that got rid of the hitting coaches and all that stuff, that's what the problem is. These guys aren't hitting right. So, you right. know, Boone's got enough to deal with in terms of, you know, putting the lineup together and, and trusting his guys. I mean, these are... You know, the Yankees have multi-million dollar stars in this team. And the free Gallo coming in here, Rizzo, the LeMayo comes back in. You know, what's Judge going to do, Stanton? I mean, you put the lineup out there, and he had to deal with a lot of changes. And, you know, losing a guy like Didi there a season or two ago, those, you know, guys that you want to have uh, heart and soul hitting the baseball. You got the young guys here. You know, I, I don't I don't blame Boone, you know, for... right. And, and and just even there, he's four years in. He's he's got all hundred plus win seasons in two yeah. of them, and then you had the you know the shortened season there. He makes the playoffs every year. So you know, talk about a guy like here, uh, you know, in, in St. Louis here with uh, you know, he'll she'll, you know, she'll get fired. I mean, you know, look what Boone's done. It four years is not enough in Major League Baseball. You got to let it work. I'm glad he's here for another three years. You know, Girardi got. A ton of time here, and, and he won one World Series. I think Boone's good for one World Series, and I'll take it. I don't think he's the problem. The guys they fired, yeah, they weren't producing. You know, even with that bed banged up um, pitchers lineup. You know, and 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 the the American League East is probably, if not the best division in baseball. So you 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 get behind that squad. That much money, who doesn't hit for you, you know, and you're playing against three or four of the best baseball teams in the league. Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay. The Baltimore Orioles played very well at the end of the season. No, Tough they didn't. division. <laughs> he's, he's been there what? He's, what was his first year, 2018? This is, will be his season coming up will be his fifth season. This was his fourth season. Okay. So, so you three, know, first three season. Three seasons and one half right. season there. 100 wins, 103 wins, 92 wins. Now, I don't count 2020 when he was 33 and 27. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. It's not good enough. It's just like Ed Orgeron. It's not good enough. You know, it's what so have I you done I for gotta, me I got I got to do a shout here. I got a buddy of mine who's a Met fan, and we go back and forth, right? So I mm-hmm. posted the Yankees post, you know, that he had resigned, and I made my little comment, good. It wasn't Boone's fault, right? Go Yanks. So he has this – he comments – he has as many World Series wins as Rojas, which I, How many, turned, um, which I then turned around and said, I said, well, he also doesn't have as many DUI convictions and sexual boy, harassment, you know, charges boy. against him as the front office in the uh, Mets organization. And then I proceeded to say, the Mets have had one, one 90-win seasons. In the last 16 years, Boone's come in here, and he's a goddamn winner. There's no reason to fire this guy. Shut not up, to mention, Mets fans, I've had enough. Not to mention, he had the epic 2003 home run. So oh, I was in the city that night, man. Me and me and me and Mrs. Cutler, me and Mrs. Honcho, 
Tell you that we was went to that see was simply red at Radio City Music Hall. We wow. came out, pulled in, went into a bar, and it was phenomenal. We watched some of the game, and then it got, and then we had to leave, get on the road, and we heard Sterling's call in the in the car, and the whole city windows down, honking horns. It was amazing. That was a painful game, only because your uh, your pal Mike Musina was you know was I believe he was the winning pitcher in that game, or he went many innings before they removed him, but. Messina was our boy, homegrown Baltimore. Well, he wasn't from Baltimore, but you know, we we drafted him, went through our system. He was a great pitcher for us. Could never win twenty games, uh, because the team just wouldn't hit behind him. But he was such a great, phenomenal pitcher for us. And then he left without so much as a whimper or bang from the Baltimore organization. And he went on had much success with y'all. Love and it moves. was just, it was painful. It was a great pitcher. He was great. And then he left. By the way, Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, more another uh, analytics pair. Baltimore is moving in that direction, but at least the manager and the general manager, Elias, the GM, Hyde, the manager, see eye to eye on the proper place and amount of analytics, which there is. There's always there's a place for both. I've always maintained there's a place for analytics and a place for just the gut instinct, feel for the game, feel for the moment, context of the situation type managing. There's a place. Well, there's a place new, for I got us. news for the Boston Red Sox fans and the Boston team. They they might want to go ahead and win this World Series this year because like I said, Tampa Bay, uh the Yanks, uh the Blue Jays and I, you know, I, I we make fun I make fun of the Baltimore Orioles here, but I think they're going to be a pretty good team there. If you go by their farm system, which I believe is the number one farm system in the major leagues, we have the number one pitching prospect, the number one position prospect. That's all great. It looks great in the in the minor leagues. If half of those players, half, half Eddie, live up to their billing, uh, the Orioles' future is bright. Look, we already have a lot of players at this level, at least position players, that you can build on. We have no pitching. Zippy. But... We have some that's on the farm, and hopefully those guys come up and do something sooner rather than later because uh-huh. enough with the 100 lost seasons. I want us to be, without the cheating, of course, the new Astros. Lose, lose, 100 games, 100 games, 100 games, and then come back and be a contender every year with your homegrown talent and good draft picks, which the Orioles do. They've been, you know, pretty good with the drafting, but we'll see. I would like you to, uh, you know, I've been down visiting your beautiful country there down in uh maryland there annapolis which i love in baltimore and uh i'd like you know i'd like to see a, a game at camden Yards. so i think we have to look at the yankee baltimore uh schedule i'm happy to take you it's a wonderful experience uh, yeah, do a road trip because i know how to get down there now pretty well you you got to get the uh the maryland fries the fries with you know crab and I'm in. um fries crab and some sort of sauce it doesn't matter because it's crab dip on top of fries it's i love it down there man i love annapolis yeah. i'm you know me and the wife talk about it. we might move. We might. We might we're coming. We're coming right. next week. All right. All right. Well, I got the guest room beds all ready for you. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, we wish uh, Mr. Schilt the best of luck and uh, Tony. Yeah. And Good AB, luck to you. Aaron Boone, baby. Great interview today, by the way, on the Michael K. Show. If you can get the download the streams for you Yankee fans out there. Um, and they hit him pretty good with a lot of good stuff. And that's one thing I like about Booney, too. I think he's got a lot of class. He's a good well, guy. Well, he comes from a good uh, baseball family. Yes. So, so good stuff. All right, are you ready? I'm ready for are the whip ready? around. Are you ready? I'm are ready. You ready. 
I'm ready. You ready to talk some pigs again here? I am. All right, because I, uh, I've uh, been able to solidify a long-term contract with these two guys right now, which are going to kick off Outstanding. our, our I'm NFL ready. segment every I'm week, ready. ladies and gentlemen. Lay it on me, Cuthbert. So here we go. All right. Al, you old son of a bitch. How you doing? How do you feel about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins, fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. How do you think I feel? Betrayed? Bewildered? This is very exciting. Yeah, it is, fella. Oh, right on, amigo. Damn straight. Damn straight. (laughs) Fucking A. Fucking A, right. It's fantastic. Yes. Here. (laughs) Outstanding. Woohoo! That is outstanding. Yeah, baby. I, I that's the first time I've heard that, folks. I have not have not heard it before just now. It's great. So if you can see, look on my face. I got a big shit eating grin on my face. Well, smile. I'm glad is, you said grin and not the other thing. A smile a mile wide. All right, let's do a quick. Let's do it, buddy. Quick whip around of the old Some nipple. National Mediocrity League news. Love it. From week six, a third of the way through the season. Here we go. Strap yourselves in. A quick party. Less than five minute look at what's happening in your National Football League. Jaguars 23-20 over the Dolphins in London. Urban Meyer off the schneid, gets his first victory as an NFL coach. He, as they say, is undefeated in London. Uh, Trevor Lawrence starting to put it all together, looking like the guy who was drafted number one, number one. Vikings 34-28 in overtime over the Panthers in Carolina. Another Sam Darnold game for Sam Darnold. So I guess losing Christian McCaffrey is having a bigger impact on the former number one draft pick of the Jets uh, than we thought. Ravens 34-6 over the Chargers in Baltimore. That was a surprise. A statement game for the Ravens, letting the AFC know they are not quite dead yet. And the Ravens won in classic Ravens style, running and defense with a sprinkling of one of the most overlooked and underrated players in the NFL, tight end Mark Andrews. And they're doing it with an unproven running back and running backs from the scrap heap. Before the season started, they lost their starters, Dobbins and Edwards, and now they're winning with the rotting carcass that was formerly Le'Veon Bell. And they all did all of this with Lamar Jackson having a meh game. This is is the Ravens' identity. Run the ball down your throat, play stifling defense, hit you with a tight end, boom, done, we win. Uh, Cardinals, 37-14 over the Browns in Cleveland, I have to say. This is my most disappointing game because I thought the Browns would put up more of a fight. If I told you that after week six, Arizona would be the only undefeated team in the NFL, you would have thought that I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, the former, the game between two former Oklahoma quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, goes to Kyler Murray as Murray introduced himself to the MVP race and potentially could be the most exciting player in football. Bah, that's arguable. Uh, the Cards are a team that people need to start taking seriously, though, as contenders in the NFC. Right up there who, with Dallas, who, who with Tampa. Who should we take seriously? The Cardinals. Right up there with Dallas, right up there with Tampa Bay, and yes, maybe even That's Cuba Gooding's team, right? Uh, yes, it is Rod Tidwell's team. Thank you. Uh, Raiders, 34-24 with the Broncos in Denver. The Raiders came out swinging after the, their worst week ever and won under new coach Rich Bisaccia. Go, Richie! The least enviable job in America at the moment. Um, we were, I was curious how the team would respond in the aftermath of the Gruden fiasco, and those questions were answered right away as Vegas raced out to a 31-10 lead before the fourth quarter. So, 
Uh, Dallas, 35-29 overtime over the Patriots. New England, the most entertaining game of the weekend, even though the Cowboys won. Uh, Dak is now the clear frontrunner for MVP at the moment with Kyler Murray, and the Cowboys are the cream of the NFC. God, that was painful to say. You have no idea. And how about rookie Mac Jones for your Patriots? After the draft, he was considered the runt of the rookie quarterback litter, but he has emerged as the best of the bunch by miles. He looks polished and NFL ready after six games. He may not be the best athlete of the group. He may not have the strongest arm of the group, but he has the best software. And who can blame him? since he was coached by arguably the best college coach of all time in Nick Saban, and now he's with arguably the best NFL coach of all time in our friend William Belichick. I'm not allowed to call him Bill. Uh, the Titans, 34-31 over Buffalo uh, Monday night in Nashville. Lots of chatter about whether or not Coach McDermott should have gone for it on fourth and one on the Titans three when a field goal would have oh, sent well. the game into overtime deep in the fourth quarter. Stop reading the Pete Carroll playbook. It was not the decision as much as it was the play that was run. A quarterback sneak that went nowhere as opposed to throwing it in the end zone or something else with a better chance of scoring. But really, if the Bills had gone for the field goal, successful or not, and then lost in overtime, they would still have been criticized for not going for the win. And that is your look at week six. Here are your games to watch in week seven. Again, just like the college games, kind of a snoozer, kind of a bummer of a week coming up. Uh, not too many games of note. Really? Uh, the Chiefs, In the National yes. Mediocrity League. Some the sleepers. Chiefs are at the Titans. Another chance to see the mighty Kansas City offense against a weak defense in Tennessee. But KC has defensive problems of their own. I expect uh, Titans running back Derrick Henry to run for at least, no, not at least, to run for about 200 yards against that Kansas City defense. Uh, Detroit is playing Los Angeles. They dreaded, quote-unquote, revenge game Time out here. Yes, uh, sir. We have to next week. We have failed as far as Coach Campbell and the Detroit Lions here, giving him some coverage here. Because his press conferences, and we, we talked about this. We were going to focus on this, and we have failed. So next week, I want we a have. Detroit Lions section here, standout piece, and we got to do something because that's some great theater going on down in Detroit, and we need to recognize it. Hold on, let me, let me, with my giant, you know, sports honchos pen, Dan Campbell press conference video breakdown. We, we got to do it. We need some snippets. We need to focus on this stuff. A film breakdown of Dan Campbell's. Now, now, and unfortunately, we don't know if he's going to make it past this weekend. So, And he, he's a crier. I will say oh, that. Oh, my God. Like I said. All right. Ahead, so. Sorry. Speaking of the Lions, uh, Jared Goff comes to L.A. to, in the words of the great Ben Stiller in the movie Dodgeball, he's going to cram it up Sean McVay's cram hole, (laughs) the coach that traded him off uh, to Detroit uh, in order to get Matt Stafford. I like to call this the two Spider-Mans game. You know that meme of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. This is Jared Goff and Matt Stafford pointing at each other going, hey, I played quarterback for the Lions, and you used to play quarterback for the Lions. So we'll see what happens. I I, I expect the Rams, especially. I'm telling you right now, if the Detroit Lions win this game, okay, Mm -hmm. the National Football League should just fold as an organization because this will just be the utter epitome of mediocrity in this league. The Lions are going to come to uh, Los Angeles, see the sights, soak up the nice weather, and then go home with a loss. 
the game of the week is Cincinnati at Baltimore for first place in the AFC North. The Bengals, the Joe Burrow-led Bengals are on the rise, and the Ravens are finally finding their mojo. And that is your less-than-five-minute sort of whip-around in the National, the National Football League. Come on, give me 30 seconds on your Washington football club. I, they're, they're, I, listen, I can't. They're so... Ugh. Not only are they losing on the field, but this whole fiasco with retiring Sean Taylor's jersey... I can't get into it now, but I will say this. The Redskins, the Wolfskins, the Washington football team, whatever you want to call them, since since this century has dawned and Dan Snyder has taken ownership of the team, they have had one, precisely one player that will live on past his playing days that was potentially a Hall of Famer, a superstar, a true star in the National Football League, and his name was Sean Taylor. And he was was going to lead us back to glory, quote-unquote. His death after, you know, four seasons in a home invasion, he was shot in the leg and he bled to death. Completely tragic, completely preventable. During the bye week, it was just... I remember the story around here, it was the mood in this town was completely through the floor. I mean, it was awful. It it was like, you know, a world leader, like the Kennedy, like A. Kennedy had been shot. It was just... Sadness everyone for non-Redskin fans. And the way they dishonored his memory Sunday with a sham of a ceremony, which I, I will get into at a later time, it's just another disgrace. To be a Washington Redskins fan is to know pain whoa, 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 whoa. and called, suffering. They're not called that anymore, Rob. Well, you know what? The team that I knew, this team that's on the field now, the Washington football team, and then the Washington Monuments, which they'll be next year, they're not my team. I'm this close. Those of you watching on the, the you know the, the closed circuit video feed can see my fingers are just about touching. This close to just knocking them over the side and you know running to Baltimore and saying, "All right, take me. I'm yours. I'll be a whore for another team." No, uh, that that can't happen because, uh, no, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our new segment here. Every week now on the Honchos, a few minutes about the Washington Football Club. I can't. I can't. Robert Cooney. That just good times and I, maybe, bad times. Good times and bad times. Maybe Stick next week. Team. No, there's been a lot of. It's not just bad times. It's so crushing. Just because they changed the name. You know what? We Washington fans have learned helplessness. We just keep coming back for more. It's you know battered fan syndrome. We keep coming back for more every week. Maybe instead, after the maybe NFL instead recap, of the, we're doing yeah. this. Maybe instead of the dope of the week club. next week, I'll just air my feelings for five minutes about the wolfed the wolfed skins i can't do it this is it it's a that brand was new a segment. Bell. i'm gonna come up with a name i'm gonna get some music and everything else and we're gonna do it because this is fantastic theater watching you painfully have to talk about my, your favorite i think I, team. I think i had an aneurysm <laughs> during that segment all right buddy it's time for the This will put me in a much, much better mood, I promise. Hey, everybody, the Gags Gang. Even when I'm having an aneurysm watching the Wolfskins, we spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner, and you can, as always, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week. Please to be using the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, 
at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Go Sports Media Co. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Why, none other than Kyle Kuzma of the Washington Wizards. This week's winner is an honor of... This week's winner is in honor of the 2021-2022 NBA season starting last night. Although, officially in earnest tonight, but really, sorry, last night. On August 6th of this year, Kuzma was traded to the Wizards as part of the Russell Westbrook trade from the Wizards to the Los Angeles Lakers. Kuzma, drafted by the Brooklyn Nets with the 27th pick of the 2017 NBA draft and then traded to the Lakers on draft night, has worn the number zero his entire NBA career. Now Kuzma has decided to change his number from 0 to 33. Why? Because he wants to honor former Washington Wizard Gilbert Arenas. Here is what Kuzma said about the jersey change, and I'll read you the quote. Out of respect for Gilbert Arenas, said Kuzma, per Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington, that was probably one of the biggest things. When you think of the Washington Wizards, honestly, the first person I think of, because of my generation, is Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero. Obviously, that played a big part in having a fresh start. I just felt it was right, end quote. Interesting choice of words. Respect. I will forego commenting on the idea that the first person one thinks of when they think of the Washington Wizards is Gilbert Arenas. Instead, I want to walk down memory lane when it comes to Arenas. Let us take a closer look at the legend that is Gilbert Arenas, who played for the Zards from 2003 to 2010. On the court, Arenas was a three-time All-Star and a three-time All-NBA player who could score 30 points a game and, in full fairness, resurrected a franchise that was left for dead on the side of the NBA highway. Off the court, however, was another story. In 2005, after then-rookie Andre Blotch, great name, tossed Arenas' clothes into the the jacuzzi as a prank, Arenas, that wait for it, took a smasher in Blotch's shoes. That would be a dump for all you people oh, who don't know what no. a smasher is. I've never heard that before. On it's Christmas nasty. Eve 2009, Arenas admitted to storing guns in the Wizards' locker room, and it later came out that he brandished one at teammate Jarvis Crittenden over a gambling dispute. Three weeks later, Arenas was charged with violating D.C. gun control laws. On January 6, 2010, Arenas was suspended indefinitely and ultimately for the entire season by then-Commissioner David Stern after he was shown on TV before a game against the Sixers pretending to shoot his teammates with his fingers as guns. He did this while he was under investigation by both the D.C. police and the U.S. attorney uh, for violating D.C. gun control laws as a result of the aforementioned Christmas Eve incident. And the yucks continued after his playing days ended. In June of 2013, Arenas was arrested in Los Angeles for driving a truck full of illegal fireworks after going 80 miles an hour in a 65-mile-per-hour zone. Later that summer, he joined Instagram and dispensed the following nuggets of wisdom on the gram. One, you can avoid red-light camera tickets by keeping the blank dealer plates on your car. He claimed to have run 60 red lights in four months with zero tickets. Nice. Two. Good tip. He did not he did not text or talk on the phone while driving, but he did play Candy Crush on his iPad while driving. And finally, stuck in traffic, according to Gilbert Arenas, is a great time to hit on women. If the woman pulls forward in her lane, then just pull forward and continue the conversation until the traffic lets up. So 
This is the player Kuzma fears dishonoring by wearing number zero. He is the player Kuzma thinks best embodies what it means to be a Washington wizard. Come on, man. That's like saying OJ Simpson best embodies what it means to be a USC Trojan or a Buffalo Bill. And two more things before we wrap up. One, Arenas was so synonymous with the number zero that he changed his number to nine Hey, there's that number again. During his final year in Washington, in an attempt to escape his past, and two, the number Kuzma thought was acceptable to wear, 33, was once worn by former bullet Earl the Pearl Monroe, as in Hall of Famer Earl the Pearl Monroe. I guess Monroe should have spent more time driving and pooping recklessly if he wanted his number protected. So, Kyle Kuzma for bringing dishonor to the word dishonor for having no sense of history or handgun maintenance, and for being the worst judge of character since Rob Stark decided Walter Frey would make a good father-in-law, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Kyle. Your certificate is in the mail. Way to go, Kyle! What a dope! What a dope, buddy! Indeed. I'm not going to wear Gilbert Arenas' number, who won precisely Dick Ola, but I will wear a Hall of Famer's number because, after all, he did was, you know, make the NBA Hall of Fame and be one of the 50 greatest players and in the NBA. And had a great name to go with it. Great Earl basketball. the Pearl, baby. Love it. Great stuff, as always, there, Mr. Cooney on the DLTW. Always love finding out who is the dope of the week here on Honchos. And that's a wrap. Episode 43 on this beautiful October night. Here in the Northeast, thanks as always for everybody listening, tuning in, subscribing. Follow us everywhere at Sports Honchos. We love you. Say hi. Tell some friends. And with that, Mr. Cutie, say goodnight to the folks. All right, my friends, as always, we appreciate you listening. Follow us, subscribe us, rate us, review us, show us some love, and we'll show you some love right back. We appreciate you listening. Thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. Have yourselves a great week, an even better weekend. This weekend, as always, be nice to each other. Be kind to each other. Give each other a hug. Show some support. Be safe out there. And as always, peace. And don't take part in any of those devious lick stuff on TikTok either. Absolutely. And no nope. corgasms either. <laughs> oh, hope you enjoyed your sportscasm here tonight, folks. The hot shows are out. <laughs>